You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the person who thinks she's funny, Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? I don't think. I know. Oh. Other than that, I'm doing great. Okay. Okay. Welcome to episode 101. Episode 101. Yes. It's like a class. It is. Outlandish Outcast 101. Shit. I didn't bring anything cheap teachable well i mean it all kind of is teachable if you didn't know it already this is true this is true so welcome to outlandish outcast 101 yes with me is alan and i am professor desiree professor because press for us i'm the smarter one too they're usually pretty boring i know (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah Wow, apparently you didn't go to school for psych. Although there was one professor who was very monotone. I remember telling Christina, class or one of the girls I used to carpool with, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what sounds a lot more fun right now? She's like, what? And I'm like, if I took this pencil and shoved it in my (laughs) eye so you could take me to the emergency room because I don't think I can handle another minute of this class. That's funny. It was bad because he taught stats on top of it. Like, how much more boring can we get? Oh, let's throw in the monotone voice. And then he'd crack a joke in his monotone voice. He'd be the only one laughing because we're all just like, oh, that was a joke. Yeah. Had no idea because you have no tone (laughs) in your voice. You're just, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, well, sorry. I believe you are first with the stories this evening. I am. I have a really long one, but it's pretty interesting. Better be. Well, obviously, I would never talk about something boring, mm. like stats. Who wants to talk about stats? I mean, it was an interesting class. It just would have been a lot better with somebody like me. Mm. Okay. Oh, whatever. Okay, so... Have you ever heard of Oak Ridge, Tennessee? Yes. Oh, the God. nuclear test site at Oak Ridge. Yes. You just ruined my story. I'm sorry. You it's asked me if I'd ever heard of it. Yeah. Go on. I don't know why I even asked you because you're a history. Freak. Go on. <laughs> so, the true story behind the mis- mysterious town in Tennessee is the title. Okay. okay, so rural Tennessee uh, may conjure up images of farmland, livestock, country music, as we all know, Nashville country. Mm-hmm. Uh, what probably doesn't come to mind is the top secret government project that played a little known but significant role in shaping the event of the wor- of mm-hmm. world history. Um, and I had never actually heard of this. I just recently read, uh, I was almost actually not going to do a story necessarily on Oak Ridge, but it was something about it. And so I had recently looked into, into Oak Ridge. That's funny. Um, when I think mysterious anything in this country, I think of Area 51. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first place, you know, you'd think of or something like that, but. So um, it's been seventy. It's been over seventy-five years. Uh, the government mysteriously began to acquire vast portions of land in the area, forced residents to evacuate, with no explanations given, uh, in place of homes and surrounding woods, 
an enormous complex was built and with tight security keeping the area well locked down nobody with proper clearance was let in and true nature of the project uh, was massive secret that altered the course of history. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to say what happened there. No, there might be other people. You know, when they when you talk about how much of a secret like the Manhattan Project like, was, the nuclear bomb was, I just learned. You just like even spilled out more. Well, I have Okay, even I will tell you that. I will tell you're you. You're jackass. That. You're ruining my story. Are you the tor- storyteller? No, I'm not. <laughs> Are you the Tory Steller? <laughs> I almost did that. I already started drinking. I've been working on the camper. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed. You're allowed? Yeah, I know. I'm allowed. Oh, allowed. Not I just said allowed. You didn't hear my A. Mm. Ugh. Okay, so in 1942, Eastern Tennessee counties, Anderson and Roan, Ro- 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 I don't know. I don't know. Saw 3,000 of its rural residents begin given sudden surprise evacuation, which we know the government's allowed to just be like, hey, we're kicking you off your property. It's our land. It's called eminent domain. And we might not like it, but they have They have the the right. right. It's Um, in the law. So they were given no explanation, received only a small compensation. That would have made me mad, the small compensation. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's usually pretty, it's usually not whatever your home is valued at. No, it's less. Yes. So in an event, or in the event few Americans know about today, um, the small, I guess this is a small example of many sacrifices Americans were making for their country during World War II. Uh, though they did not know then... Um, as people searched for new homes, the U.S. government began to work on what was one of the most secret and important projects undertaken in the country. Still makes me wonder about Area 51. This whole time, I'm like, is this more secretive than Area 51? Or is Area 51 bigger than what this was? Will we ever know I in mean, our we'll prob- lifetime? We'll, we'll probably never really know. In our lifetime, yeah. anyways. Our kids might know. Maybe. 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 It's possible. So, 60,000 acres of land, a lot of land. was evacuated um, and then nestled into about 70-mile-long Appalachian Valley, well hidden despite being just 20 miles of Knoxville, was an area officially known as Site X. And I would never think of a government project in Tennessee. Then again, no. I would never think if they came here. I would never think of one in our state. No, I wouldn't either. Um, although North Dakota had one too, and I wouldn't even mm-hmm. think of one in that state either. So, I don't know. I guess where would they put it? California? Everybody would assume California? I mean, you got to have... Florida? You have to have test sites for different things all over the place. I mean, the point of the test site, the, the point of the, the beginning point of Stop. the military base... You're ruining... I didn't in even North get Dakota. To military. I was we you said talking. North Dakota. I was gonna talk about North Dakota. Oh. Okay. The whole point of the base it's in North Dakota is <laughs> to be able to test things in cold and windy in a cold, windy climate. That's the whole point of the military base in North Dakota. So you gotta have places all over the place. That was a point in North Dakota. That's why it was originally built. Hmm. I just thought it was because it's North Dakota. 
If that was the case, they wouldn't have built it. <laughs> I just figured There's it's North Dakota. There. Exactly. It's nothing there. Why would anybody expect anything to be there? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So, to the discomfort of the population in towns, parade of military trucks, personnel moved in. Could you imagine, like, not seeing stuff like that, and all of a sudden one day it's like one truck right after the other. I mean, we drive down weird. the road and I see a few even in our area. I'm like, mm, what's going what's on? What's going on? What are they doing? What are they doing? Even yeah. though we have the guards, yeah. not even 30 minutes stationed from us, but yeah. I'm still like, why are they on the road? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So this new town appeared. It seemed like it was just an overnight concept that just popped up. Um Unseen on any map and unknown to the public, Oak Ridge was designed to accommodate around 13,000 people. Uh, For a hidden secret place, it was having something of a boom, a fast town that was built, and it was populated with thousands of people from coast to coast settling for just no reason whatsoever. Mm. It was extremely secretive. Um on the surface, it was a typical American town with everything that you could expect to see on Main Street. You know, restaurants, mm-hmm. barber shops, all that fun stuff. Um, beneath the surface, it was hiding a bizarre truth, obviously military. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to its natural borders of the Klitsch River and the Cumber Mountains, Oak Ridge, it wasn't easy to access. Um, but the government would take no chance. They did have fences. They had the patrol all mm-hmm. the way around it. Um, there were numerous signs hung on the barbed wire fences telling people to stay out of the restricted area, prohibited zones. Kind of sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so with numerous large shipments also regular, regularly, I can't talk, making their way past the checkpoints, Um, The infrastructure projects being built in the forested valley began to take shape. So most noticeable was the large-scale industrial complexes with the massive U-shaped building that was one mile long. Wow. Um, That's a a long building. mm -hmm. Even more eyebrow-raising were the thousands of temporary residents known as hutments um, being built depending are deepening the mystery. (laughs) Um, There's a picture of the U-shaped building and a few other things. Um, Whatever was going on in the town, uh, it was difficult um, to get in because, well, any military base even to this day is difficult to get in because you have to either give your military It's not exactly easy. You can't just walk in. Or you have to, like when we picked up my brother, when he... He finished boot camp. There was a graduation, so they're aware mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And we had to give them our IDs. They asked us why we were there. Mm-hmm. We said we were picking up. You know, my dad was like, my son, her brother, and we're here for the graduation. Mm-hmm. So it's the only reason why we got in. Plus, I think my brother had to give our names. Yeah. I de- so, definitely. I, from somebody who went through a boot camp and did a graduation who had parents come. Oh, it was I interesting because my brother didn't bring his ID and we accidentally got out and he couldn't get back in base. And then <laughs> my dad's like, no, it's my fault. I, I just kept going straight and I didn't realize we were leaving base. And they were like, 
you understand private mm. my brother who was in a private he was like I'm, I'm specialist but he he didn't really say that either because he was scared shitless too because you yeah. just finished base camp and you're like or boot camp and you're like uh yeah. uh <laughs> so anyways um so everything was just kind of odd unusual for everybody back to the story um the most unusual was how unaffected by the war it seemed so everybody in world war ii they had to ration their food mm. throughout the country they did not uh there was no shortage of cash uh citizens felt none mm. of the harsh impact of rationalizing um anything so as time went on, it was difficult to ignore that Oak Ridge was a military operation where a secret government project was going on. Mm. Nobody actually knew inside what was going on except for the top, top, top mm -hmm. people. Um, and only modest size or moderately sized city could be using such an enormous amount of energy on top of it because it was like the fifth largest city mm -hmm. it had um grown to seventy five thousand people so using the most amount of energy in the state and it wasn't the most populated mm -hmm. so that was kind of catching people's eye so the government took many steps to keep oak ridge secrets from coming out many of them were quite amusing uh this one i thought was kind of funny Billboards were posted to catch the eye of anybody leaving town because you could leave town, come mm -hmm. back in. You just were supposed to keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. um, but the billboards were advising them to keep the town secrets. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminded me of Vegas. What stays in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays or, in Vegas. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, what if somebody ends up pregnant? That go goes home with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I can imagine like... You know, when you talked about the the fact that they're they seem to be living pretty well, the people there, you know, not like the rest of the country. Well, that's a good incentive to not want to say anything. Like, I want to keep living like this. I don't want to get kicked out of this place. You know, I get to like, I, I don't have to ration my food. I don't have <laughs> to do all this stuff that the rest of the country is having to do. So I'll, I'll keep the secret. Yes, that would definitely be a plus. They also had universal health care there too, mm. so that was another perk. Um, so after work, though, couples, because it was all families, it wasn't just one person of a family. Mm -hmm. Like you were able to take your Bring family. Bring your whole family there in. Yeah. Because you were going to be there for years on yep. end. Yep. Um, so after work, couples would whisper about what they had learned on a given day, hoping to collect pieces mm -hmm. to try to piece together what was going on. Because if you were working on a project, you had no clue what the bigger purpose was. Mm -hmm. You were kind of just yeah. clueless. You so, got your little piece of the project to work on and didn't have any idea how that puzzle piece fit into the rest of the project. Mm -hmm. But it was frowned upon to talk about your work, mm -hmm. even with your significant other. Mm -hmm. um, for many people working on top secret projects, there was little to actual report. Jobs consisted of tasks like pushing bu buttons, flipping switches, twisting dials, and they had no idea what the purpose of their work <laughs> was. It was a hard to paint a bigger picture when your scope was such a small little portion mm -hmm. of it. I mean, 75,000 people, how many jobs were there? And there was, like, no unemployment. Mm -hmm. Everybody was employed. Yep. So 
the plants in Oak Ridge, they ran 24 hours with three different shifts. Um, and employees, they came and went throughout the day with their badges, bearing their name, security clearance, with so much activity. Um, it was more and more strange that nobody even knew what was going on. So that was even drawing bigger attention mm-hmm. because it's like, why am I doing this job? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Because they told me to. <laughs> so it was one of the most ambitious government projects the com- country had ever embarked on. Um, there were, of course, because people knew they were doing stuff top secret. Mm-hmm. But they had no clue what. There were, of course, rumors like uh, Franklin Roosevelt. He was ro- going to be running for his fourth term. Mm-hmm. They all thought they were making buttons for him. Mm, that and was a good idea, yeah. But top secret? Yeah, top secret buttons. Nobody Didn't want anybody to know (laughs) he was running for president. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of seemed a little weird. Yeah, that's a little out there. But another theory was all these resources were being put towards producing uh, synthetic rubber. I mean, there was Mm -hmm. other things. But um, then another job in Oak Ridge came about, and that was a spy. So with secrecy being a major priority, the government had spies who kept an eye on their fellow citizens, making sure they didn't share classified information or ventured into uh, one of uh, Oak Ridge's many restricted zones. Hmm. So there was a lot of paranoia. I mean, I could imagine living there and and I would be freaked out about it. I'd probably be one of the biggest conspiracy theorists Mm -hmm. there. And I'm sure they're very happy that at that time that the internet didn't exist and they didn't oh, have could you imagine? <laughs> social media and but people this spreading was such all a the... place that people didn't know where it was. Yeah. Only people who really knew about it was locals. Yeah. So even if there was social media now, it oh, would... somebody'd have would have a famous YouTube channel that of and they'd be talking about it all the time and they'd be like going there and trying to get pictures of the place and like yeah. But it, then it would hit something like the National Inquiry. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So most people wouldn't believe it. No, I don't know about now. Most. Nowadays, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, something would happen, who knows. Okay, so the moment of truth came for Orcrit Oak Ridge citizens when Americans forced to drop their first ever atomic bomb bomb on Hiroshima. 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 I tried. And I know how to say it. It's the wine. Mm. Okay, so making the beginning of the end of the war, the changing and changing the world... Uh, people learned that the mass destructive unfolding in Japan, their role became clear. Oak Ridge was the headquarters for the Manhattan Project. As you ruined my story earlier. You asked me if I knew mm-hmm. what it was, so I yeah. told you. Yeah, I know what it is. I, I should have known <laughs> not to ask you. I should have, but I didn't. So, um, and then another bomb dropping three days later. So then the local news stated the Oak Ridge attacks Japan. Um, the Manhattan Project, what is which is the name of the U.S. government's research developed program into creating the atomic bomb, ended up being headquartered um, in this unlikely location. 
And it's because of the most famous scientists in history, as we all know, Albert Einstein and Enrico Fermi. I only know Einstein. I didn't know know about this other guy, Fermi. Uh, both came to the United States. United States. See, it's the wine. I can't even say United mm. States. Um, where they were free from prosecution from their governments, uh, Germany and mm-hmm. Italy. And uh, they finding the right location for the Manhattan pro- Project was critical. There were other projects, um, as we know, like we went and saw one in New Mexico, mm-hmm. even yep. where we got to see Fat Boy. Yep. Um, Oak Ridge was the main site, though, for the Manhattan Projects, and it only took 14 years after the war ended for it to finally be found on a map. <laughs> so yeah, and that's when it was officially recognized. And then the U.S. National Park Services now has created the Manhattan Project National Park. Historical Park um, in Los Alamos, Hanford, and Oak Ridge. So, and that's because that's where the three places are for the project. It was such a secret that I just learned this the other day, like two days ago, that so Roosevelt's running for his fourth term. That's when he picks Truman as a vice president. Okay. Truman was not his vice president for the first three terms. So he gets Truman, a new vice president. Wait, I thought Johnson was his president. That was Kennedy. Johnson was Kennedy. Oh. Um, So he picks picks Truman as his vice president. Okay. And shortly after the election, you know, shortly after he's inaugurated for his fourth term, you know, Roosevelt dies, Mm -hmm. Truman becomes president, and that was the day, which is like a month before he had to make the decision to bomb, that he found out about the bomb. It was the day he became president. As vice president, he did not know the Manhattan Project existed. Knew That's nothing as about president, it. You know a lot of stuff. Well, of course, but like, I can't imagine like a month into his presidency, he had to make that decision to drop yeah. that bomb. Little and, or not as and much not and like information Roosevelt had known Roosevelt. about it since it began, mm-hmm. you know, because he was president the whole time and he had twelve years exactly. So you know, but have to make That's that decision crazy. having that that information for such a short period of time, I thought was kind of crazy. But he probably was thinking, okay, Roosevelt was aware of this. This mm-hmm. has been going on for years. This is the path he was going down. I trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably what he was thinking. I'm sure it's something like that, something along those lines. Yeah. cool cool i love that story i love the story i love history i love military history Uh, you know that kind of stuff i think it's really cool that was interesting otherwise i wouldn't have picked it at all (laughs) but of course i'm like mysterious town outside of area 51 me going back to area 51 i'll never know it's gonna kill me i hope there's an afterlife so i know (laughs) just so you can yes no i need to know all the secrets like like, what if they never find the treasure of Oak Island? Yeah. I'll die. And if I die before I find out, I hope there's an afterlife because I need to know. Yeah. I need to know. Okay. Fine. Anyway, my first story. It's dun, actually dun, a dun. follow-up to a story I did previously. Ooh, 
Does this have to do with Jeremy? Jeremy? No, this is a, a treasure follow-up story. Oh, thank God. Okay. Now, you'll remember about six months ago, I did a story about Forrest Fenn and his treasure that was found. You just did this last episode. No, I'd mentioned that I had a new, I had an update coming. Oh. And I was going to do it last week, or last time, except we did a special did episode. somebody lie and say they found it and they didn't? I'm, I don't know. It's possible. Well, what do you mean? You read. Read. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read, but I'll tell you the story. <laughs> I, I need to know because... I maybe we're anyway. heading in the wrong direction for our vacation. Read, read anyway, faster. As you as you remember, um, yes, an individual came forward said they'd found the treasure. Or Forrest Fenn himself came forward and said he, that somebody had found the treasure. Yes, and the person did not want their name being divulged in the media because they don't. I'm sure for a me- number of reasons. You know, you come into a large sum of money, you don't want people to. Oh my know. God, he took the money back, didn't he? No, 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 he didn't take the money back. Well, he definitely didn't take the money back because he died. Forrest Fenn died in December 2020. Yeah, but the treasure was found prior to that. Yes, it was found prior to that. Okay. So, the reason I'm bringing the story up today is a French treasure hunter named Bruno Raffotz has filed a lawsuit. He has filed a lawsuit against the estate of Forrest Fenn. Uh, included in that lawsuit is, where did his name go? Jack Stuff, who is the medical student who claimed to have found the treasure. Okay. Um, and Jack Stuff? Yep. Uh, Forrest Fenn's grandson is named in the lawsuit, and um, a journalist who wrote a book about Forrest Fenn. Okay. So he's suing all these people. The reason he's suing this, these people is because he says that very shortly before, sometime midsummer 2020, okay. he writes a letter to Forrest Fenn and says, I've cracked the code. I've figured it out. I know where your treasure is, and I'm on my way to get it. Tells him exactly where it is. But why would you even do that? I don't know. That I don't know. Now, there's a problem that he's a Frenchman. It's summer of 2020. There's no international travel because of COVID. So he can't get here. Oh my God, you cannot. This is this is his story. This is his story. He can't get here. A week after this is when Forrest Fenn goes, on, goes publicly and says, somebody's found the treasure. But it's not this person. It's this other person who's found the treasure. So what his lawsuit is stating is that Forrest Fenn I and this other guy, this. this medical student, conspired to go get the treasure because Forrest wanted to keep most of it still. And he didn't want this Frenchman to find it. So the, his whole story is that as when he wrote that letter and said, I'm coming for your treasure, he decided, no, I got to have somebody else find the treasure. That's all hearsay. Well, of course it is. 100% hearsay. 100% hearsay. How do you even prove that that's the actual case? I mean, I, I have no idea how you'd prove it. I mean, this is going to go to court or it's going to be a lawsuit anyway. It's Maybe they settle it. I don't know. And then uh, somebody might settle it. Who knows? I you don't never know. see it. Who's he going to settle it with? I don't know. There, it's not the only lawsuit. <laughs> oh, my God. There's another lawsuit that a lady filed saying that the only reason that this um, that this Jack Steph uh, f- found the treasure is because he hacked into her email and she had found the treasure. 
<laughs> like there is People like a so... million stories around around and this treasure, treasure and how why doesn't she have it no he has it you know this jack he, he's got the treasure if she, i know but if she found the treasure why doesn't she have it like, well because yeah that doesn't make much sense either i guess even but. if he hacked her email why wouldn't she just go get it Right. Why? I mean, I understand it wasn't and easy to get to. It, it was in the email. Rocky Mountains. It wasn't like it wasn't exactly simple what? to get to. I get it, but yeah, I just think it's interesting that you know this story like comes I out. Even people search an idea. I would never. People tell searched anyone. for this treasure for a decade. They were looking for over ten years for this treasure, and now all of a sudden, everybody seems to have known exactly where this treasure was, and they all think they Liars. own a piece of it. It's hilarious. Liars. They are now just mad. And they want a piece of it. And oh, they exactly. will do what they can now. Exactly. And it's like, why waste your I'm money? I'm guessing it's no different if they actually find some treasure on Oak Island. There'll be about 30 people that come forward to claim it and say, no, 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 that was, you know, I'm it's I'm the rightful finder a, of that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's so it's, nobody's going to be able to have oh, claims I, on that. I understand, but people will try. They are going to try because oh, they try, always do. But, they always well, do. Yeah. People are greedy. <laughs> yes, people are greedy. But yeah, it, just a quick follow up. But that was my, my my first story. All I have to say is one: if you knew where the treasure is, why would you even write it down? Yeah, Two, just go get it. Yeah, especially if you know. Just it's go, that go much, get it. There's no what need. What was your excuse? No need to I tell the to guy work. that sent you on okay, the treasure the hunt. Just go France, get it. I could kind of understand, but I wouldn't have sent the letter. Never in a million years. I would have just prayed. Nobody else would have figured it out. And I mean, nobody had in over 10 years. Why would you think they would? So Just wait until you can go get it. Send a letter. Somebody else got a hold of this letter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's your own dumbass yeah, fault. I agree. Anyways. I agree. Anyways, just my opinion. I agree. <sighs> People are too greedy. It drives me insane. Mm-hmm. So, thinking of... Buried treasures. Okay. Okay. So this is recent. And a homeowner in Michigan had found an unusual surprise when renovating his porch. Hmm. What did he find? What do you think he found? I have no idea. It's not treasure. Okay. So David Olson. Bodies. I don't know. <laughs> Let the bodies in the <laughs> Okay. Anyways. David Olson, 33, he had said, before I smash anything with a hammer, I was able to pull one of the cinder blocks on the side out and take a peek. He had said, I saw a bunch of sand and a half of a black and blue sphere. And then when I was intrigued and started brushing the sand off of it, I realized it was a bowling ball. A bowling ball? A bowling ball. So he then began to dig further into the sand and realized that there wasn't just one ball under his stoop. <laughs> Before he knew it, he had uncovered 15 bowling balls. And then since he had no idea how long the balls had been there, he had contacted uh, the Brunswick Bowling Products to confirm none of the materials used to make the balls had turned toxic. Okay. Because yeah. he didn't know how old they were. Uh, I, br- I think I've s- seen a headline of this story. I definitely don't know, don't know anything about it, but it's ringing a bell. I must have seen a headline or something. Recent, I must have so, seen a headline or something. Um, 
so but they had confirmed they were clean and he had taken some pictures um some pictures and some of the balls had serial numbers and great and engravings that dated them back to the 50s what the hell are they doing there <laughs> and the same time um in the same time frame, Olson's house was built. However, it was unclear when they were put under his home. Um, all in all, he had pulled out 158 bowling balls oh from under cow. his home. 158! 158! Like why? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. And he said there may just this may just be the beginning yeah, of it who all. Knows? Because he was only taking out his deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> so surrounding uh, the cement staircase in a patio near or made of paper blocks, he had a f- few that were on level. So he took them out and ran a few or ran into a few more balls. And he said he's about 75% sure that. There are just as many balls in the ground as there are out. Maybe even more. <laughs> like, wow! could you imagine? That's crazy. That would probably piss me off because those balls, I don't even think are worth anything. No, I'm sure not. That's, they're just old bowling balls. Uh-huh. So he's given some of them away. And him and his wife, they do have a plan be creative with the rest, such as using them for decorative pavers in their own yard. I'd be like, We're He building. hasn't hired a private detective to figure out what the hell's going on yet? I don't understand. No, somebody <laughs> probably... I have no clue. That is odd. Like, why? Why do you have a bunch of bowling balls under your house? But just the story in itself, I would be like, okay, we're building a weird roadside attraction right now with this and there is a history bowling alley (laughs) i don't know because those those lanes are oiled yeah could you imagine trying to throw something i mean how hard do you think it would be to clean one of those after it's been in the ground for no clue 50 plus years no clue crazy though i just thought that was crazy i'm like that is crazy that's that's an insane story i'd see the first ball and i'd be like you've got to be kidding me find a second one really third what by the time he hit the 10th 20th i'd be like i'm done we're covering it up i don't even want to no no i agree i agree so my next story oh i'm a little worried Last week when we had the kids on, they were asking us questions about our some of our favorite stories. One of the things we brought up was the toys that we've covered before. Yeah. You know, products and toys like that. Weird stuff on that you can find or stuff from the past. I like weird stuff. I ran across a toy this week Uh-oh. that when I first saw it, I'm like, well, it's not that interesting. But the story turned out to be kind of interesting. So I'm going to show you a video. The video doesn't really matter. You don't even need to see the video, but I need you to hear the song being played. Oh, there's a song. There's a song. I like to sing songs. So this is a, a toy cactus. This looks familiar. Thing. So it's just a toy cactus that dances. Nothing super special. 
What language is this? Uh, it's Polish. How did I not know that? That didn't sound Polish at all. I bet it's because it didn't have the accent or it was sounding Russian. Yeah. Although I was going to say, is that Russian? <laughs> this toy is being sold in Taiwan. Okay. Exclusively in Taiwan. But it's Russian? Or Polish? It's Polish. It, the, the, the music is actually a, a, a semi-famous Polish rap artist that, that did the song. Okay. And um, the toy maker claims that the dan- dancing cactus can help stimulate the imagination and creativity in children. And another online baby product site describes it as good device for toddlers. However... When a Polish mother who currently lives in Taiwan visited uh, Care For, which is a, a store that sells, you know, baby stuff. Okay. She discovered the cactus. She hit the button and she was floored because she knew the song. I don't, I don't know the song, but it's rap, so Th- I don't see it being very... Rough translation, it over and over mentions cocaine and suicide this cocaine and you, suicide what do you expect <laughs> it's so a it's kid's a toy sub, it's a subliminal message in thailand no, no. i don't think it's a subliminal message i think somebody like wanted to use a song and didn't know what it was said and put it in Probably. a toy <laughs> but that would be my guess like it was upbeaty sounding yeah it did sound upbeat it did like, it's an upbeaty sound yeah it's fun and joy blah 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 i'm singing the uh stop the the song <laughs> the song is uh, originally done by polish rapper cypis c-y-p-i-s and um it was one of his most famous songs in Poland, and obviously, some you know Taiwanese company decided, "Hey, I'm gonna we're, we're making this cactus. We need some music for it. Hey, I like the sound of this. Let's throw it on there." It and is a cactus. I mean, that would almost be like death <laughs> for toddlers. <laughs> It's a toddler. It sounded like an upbeat. No, it did. It did. It did. But I mean, can you imagine if that cactus was singing something that, that would you never understood? Go in Poland, let's just put no, it. No, of course way. that would never go in Poland. And I think I, I think it'd be kind of funny my to dad's be side of the family would be like, what? I think it would be kind of funny the... to be Polish in Taiwan Holy... and come across this and almost think like. Hey, that's funny. Nobody else is going to get that joke, but that's hilarious. <laughs> half my relatives would understand half that song. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Actually, two of them are still alive that would probably understand all of that. Hmm. My greats, relatives. Yep. I will uh, I will post links on, on the website to um, not only the, the Dancing Cactus, but the original, uh, but the artist's original version of the song as well. That way you can kind of. The song said it enough. It sounded like song and joy, blah, 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 blah. Cocaine and suicide. (laughs) It didn't say that, though. But that's what it said. It is. It's just not in English. I didn't understand that. It was in Polish. I'm debating. I didn't understand it. It just sounded, I mean, unless it's a subliminal message and one day you're dreaming and you understand Polish. I mean, I I understand a little bit of Polish. Are you you telling me that all Polish people are understand subliminal messages because they're all in polish (laughs) i'm just saying if you're in taiwan and taiwan right not the philippines i don't know why the philippines popped in my head 
you're in Taiwan. There's obviously some Polish learn... people people in Taiwan. Obviously, there oh, was well, a couple here. Obviously, sure. there's some English mm-hmm. people, Britain people. I mean, all over. You're gonna find probably about. I Australians. think this toy company could just have done a tad bit more research <laughs> on the song they picked. It's a toy company. Yeah, I suppose. Okay. So my last story is gonna be the funnest of all. Okay. Dun dun dun. Just kidding. It's gonna be fun. So July twenty fourth. Okay. It's gonna fall on a Saturday. Yes, it does. As we all know this. And if you're listening on Sunday or Monday, your loss. <laughs> okay. National Tequila Day. National Tequila Day. Hmm. So it's the history of National Tequila Day is, well, we really don't know why it was created. Like, is it National Tequila Day here in our nation or is it a different nation celebrating National Tequila Day? Only in the U.S. It's the U.S. So I shouldn't say for everybody because we do have listeners Mm -hmm. outside of the U.S., but it's National Tequila Day in the U.S. Okay. So tequila's precursor is... A uh, milky, frothy agave drink known as pulque. I might be saying that wrong because I don't have good Spanish. Took three years. No clue. So anyways, uh, dates all the way back to Mesoamerican times. I should have known that. Mesoamerican times. Uh, 1000 BC. So when the indigenous... Indigenous, I always say that wrong, sorry. Mexican tribes would commonly harvest and ferment it. Uh, it wouldn't be until the 16th century AD, however, when the contemporary tequila was known and love would first like produce around the territory lands. I love tequila. We hmm. know this, but in 1666. Wow. So, Spanish aristocrat, aristocrat, I know how to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what makes me so funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. So, Don Pedro Sanchez de Tagal. Okay, no idea. Uh, from opening the world's first tequila factory 66 years prior in Jalisco. I don't know. No idea. I, I'm saying it wrong. I'm so sorry. Please, nobody get offended. Um, the Mexican state where the modern city of Tequila is located. When I read this next name, a different thing went through. But Don Jose Antonio de Cuervo. I thought Don Juan. Because mm. I'm thinking Tequila Brain. Mm-hmm. But it's Don Jose Cuervo. So we know where this mm-hmm. is going. Jose Cuervo. He is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, over a century later, 1795, birthing the world's most successful tequila brand to the state. Oh, for, of course, by far. So not much can be forced or found. <laughs> Whoa. So not much can be found on who originated this holiday, why it was originated, um, anything. So regardless, though, it's the United States Tequila Day. Tequila Day. 
Uh, the Mexican Senate just ruled in 2018 that their own occurs on the third Saturday of every March. So mm. I, I thought you were going to say every month there for a second. <laughs> I should have. I should have. I mean, I know, I know, uh, my sissy in law and me would be drinking. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Because we're both tequila girls. Yes. I don't like tequila at all. I love tequila. Yeah. No, thank you. And you can't ruin a margarita with Patron because that is just a straight shooter. Mm. You put the Jose Cuervo mm. in the margaritas. Um, so there was a survey for National Tequila Day. 3,000 people about their favorite tequila beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, Americans love margaritas, or 76% of Americans love margaritas. I do like a good margarita. I do, too. When there's... Remember when we first got together and I used to make a margarita and there was... The only thing outside of alcohol in it was lime juice. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good margarita, too. Yeah. Um so, according to the national survey, over three quarters of Americans enjoy drinking margaritas, and almost one third love them. Hmm. So, thirty percent of Americans say margaritas are their favorite happy hour drink, and I could see that because yeah, that's that something sense. I could see drinking yeah. and eating at the same time, especially mm-hmm. with chips. Yeah. I don't know. Not all places serve chips. Some are fries. So, frozen versus on the rocks. Oh, got to be on the rocks. Heck yeah. I do not like it frozen. Me either. Nobody likes a slushy. Okay, just kidding. Lots of people do. But, but I was kidding. So, I personally do. 33% prefer their margaritas over ice. So, we're the oddballs out. Yeah. Makes sense. I kind of figured that we would be. I don't understand it, though. Like, I would. Why water down your tequila? Yeah. Freaking babies. Mm. I mean, I mean, 67 of you percent are not babies, <laughs> prefer a frozen margarita. Yeah. Wussies. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That was so mean. This next stat, I don't understand. 65% like a salted rim. 67% prefer a glass with no salt. They're both in the 60s. That doesn't make any I sense. I feel like it was a typo on yeah, this website. A, there is a typo there. One of those is wrong. So I'm, I'm I guessing might... 67% prefer a salted rim because that's how it's traditionally traditionally served in most places. I don't like the salted I rim. I don't either. I prefer not having a salted unless, rim as well. But Unless it's a, a straight up lime margarita and not some fancy or... Because mm. I like a blue margarita where it has... Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but I don't like the salt with it or if there's like a fruitier flavor to it sometimes salt is good for fruit because it enhances the flavor but Mm -hmm. it's a different type of salt Mm -hmm. so it's it's different anyways and it's probably with the salt because we're the oddballs. Or yeah. I'm the oddball. And, out I'm just, I'm sure most people serve it that way. I shoot without the wheels. Yeah. I don't even, I won't shoot tequila with anything. Yuck. I do have to say my sissy-in-law shoots it with, I said, you take it with the training wheels? She's like, what's that? I'm like, yep, you're a baby. <laughs> we're nice to each other. She mm. knows I'm kidding. 
So 41% of Americans think men who drink margaritas are lightweights. Hmm. 41% believe a man drinking a margarita is fun-loving and a bit of a lightweight. You kind of are a bit of a lightweight. I am. I'm, I'll agree. Or it's because your first drink is half alcohol. Yeah. I. And it's not light alcohol. I drink I drinks very, very strong. I just don't drink a lot of You don't of drink very often either. No. So. I used to. I had, I, I, there's a time where I drank a lot. And you could probably hold your liquor then. Yeah. But that was back in the day. Yes. And then you had kids. Yes. Bastards. Now just I get kidding. them to I hold my them. liquor for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they know how to pour it for <laughs> you. I'm just kidding. Totally no. kidding. Kidding. So 50% believe women drinking a margarita is energetic, outgoing, and a bit shallow. I don't think I'm shallow at all. I don't think that that's But I am anything. energetic and outgoing. But it's a statistic. I get it. But like as a former bartender, I've served margaritas to every kind of person I can think of. I know. I would think martini. No margarita type. Yes, there are martini types. I've never seen a margarita type. I've seen everybody order them. But when I think a bit shallow, I was like, a bit shallow? That's a martini. Yeah, that would be a martini. So, but that's arguing what the survey was. Yeah. So, five facts about tequila. Do you know five facts? No, I don't. Okay, so many liquors are aged, as we know, like fine wine. I've got it right here. Well, it's not really fine wine. It's just fruit wine. Anyways... Um, the gaba plant alone needs eight to 12 years of growth before the farmers can harvest and ferment it hmm. into tequila. That's hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, tequila, not, not always agava, which is kind of shocking to me because I think tequila, I think mm-hmm. the agava plant, um, well, it's true. Most tequilas are derived from the agava plant. Uh, Soto tequilas are actually derived from similar Mexican plant with the milder and a nuttier taste known as desert spoon. I've not had one of these before, so it's something I'd have to try. And I'm wondering, because I know some tequila nuts who go to Mexico and drink two couples that go to Mexico mm-hmm. and they brag about, I've never had Mexican tequila. I'm sad. We need to go to Mexico without the kids. So popular Mexican export, popular American import, without a doubt. The U.S. is the biggest recipient recipient of Mexican tequila exports at uh, 204 million liters in 2019. It's over four times more um, imports than even a country like Germany. We like our tequila. Yep. Tequila farmers. Um, the agava is harvested with a special machete tool known as the Kodahama. And the farmer's task is harvesting it are known as homidors. Hmm. That sounded familiar, homidors. No idea. So, and then the fifth is the tequila worm. You remember the worm, don't you? Mm-hmm. We're old enough for the worm. They mm-hmm. don't have the worm anymore. No. I remember somebody 
watching somebody drink the worm and as a young child and I went, oh, never drink that stuff. And it's like one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. So the worm is actually found mostly at the bottom of mezcal bottles and it's similar uh, spirit and its additive effects are largely suspected to be in a marketed ploy myth. Because I grew up where the worm, if you just had the worm alone, mm-hmm. because it soaked up the alcohol, the worm alone was enough to throw you under the mm-hmm. table. So who knows? I've, I, I don't know. But, I have no idea. But I remember seeing the worm and I'm like, that is freaking gross. Yep. Because it's this white little fat bumpy thing. And it was disgusting with mm-hmm. little teeny tiny feet. Yes. Gross. It was gross. It was disgusting. Disgusting. I'd rather I eat agree. maggots. <laughs> Just gross. kidding. Just kidding. Well, here's my final story. Okay. It's kind of a little gross. Mm. It's about ice cream. Why is that gross? Well. Don't ruin ice cream for me, Alan. I'm not going to ruin ice cream for you. Trust me. Um, this was from July 13th, so it's fairly new news. Um, the ultimate mashup of comfort foods hit freezers last Wednesday. Okay. Kraft partnered with Van Leeuwen Ice Cream to create a new creamy, cheesy flavor, macaroni and cheese ice cream. That was supposed to be vomit, not a burp. That's disgusting. The limited edition sweet treat hit store shelves just in time for National Mac and Cheese Day, which was last Uh, Wednesday. We should have the kids test try that and give a review. I agree. I agree. Uh, We know there's nothing more refreshing on a hot summer day than ice cream, which is why they wanted to combine two of the most iconic comfort foods. No. Create Uh, ice cream with the unforgettable flavor of Kraft macaroni and cheese that we all grew up with, said Emily Violet, the senior associate brand manager for Kraft macaroni and cheese. If mac and cheese isn't warm, I'm not eating it. It's freaking gross. I love Velveeta more than the Kraft, but I will eat eat the craft too because it's a little different in its own way sometimes yeah. i may crave it i can't eat the velvet i refuse yuck yeah it makes me gag i um, add cheese to get the craft because i like cheese but i'm a i'm a nacho cheese well, girl this ice cream will be sold both inside van Luen ice cream stores and online while supplies last so we'll have to see if we can find some of this while we're, while we're on our it's travels. It's in that little burgundy. We might even have it here. It's in the little burgundy, little speckled and white. It's a white oval with the van. Mm. Blah, oh, blah, blah. I have no idea. It just it's said it's in, in their ice cream stores and online. So I didn't oh, know if that, I didn't know if it's going to be in regular grocery stores or not. I thought maybe in grocery stores just because they're the little pint size like the Ben and Jerry. Hmm. I have no idea. Ben and Jerry's are in trouble too lately, but that's another story. <laughs> you can bring that in two weeks from now. No, I can't. It's political. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Anyway, if you liked anything you heard here, if you want to try some macaroni and cheese ice no. cream, or if you really, really, really like tequila, you can let us know at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. That you can do. And if you do try the ice cream with the mac and cheese, which I adore both, just probably not combined, <laughs> please let us know how disgusting or good it is. I can't picture it being good. But hey, hey, 
Stranger things have happened. People talk about peanut butter and pickles all the time. I couldn't picture that. Peanut That's butter gross. and bananas? I could Peanut butter see. banana is good. Peanut butter pickles. I don't gross. know. I don't know. I have a friend who eats her spaghetti with no spaghetti sauce, only ketchup. Like weird. Gross. But hey, they both come from the tomato. Still gross. I, I don't care if I they both come from the I, tomato. I don't know. Gross. Hey, this ice cream could be good. We don't know. We don't know. Probably don't need to try. People probably were like sweet butter pickle. That does not sound good. It's not dill. Yeah. And then they were like sweet pickle. Hmm. Yeah. And I love them. Anyways, so where were we again? You just finished off with leave a comment. And I'm going to start off with a Facebook. <laughs> So anyways, uh, come find us on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely follow us, like us, and leave a comment and share, share, share. You can also find us on Twitter at Outlandish Casts. We will not be fleeting on Twitter because they canceled fleets. I never even knew they what existed the until today. But I don't know. I just heard about them today because Twitter put out a, a tweet saying um, we're canceling the, tweet, the fleet feature. I think it was uh, a, a, a short video thing that you could put out or something. I don't know. We didn't do that. I have no idea. Um, otherwise, you can come follow us on Instagram at Outlander Showcast Podcast. Definitely love us there and share, share, share. Yes. Or leave a rating, a review, and whatever application you are listening to this show on. <laughs> you could even leave it five stars. <laughs> I like five stars. Hell, I'll take one. <laughs> just one star no i want the five but if you want to leave me one fine i'll take it oh okay okay well if I they like want to leave stars. me one i don't want it i like stars gold stars mm. gold star for you gold star for you campbell's chicken and stars that's what i think of when Bro, you say I, like stars. I don't yeah. anyway we will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode have a good week everybody bye